0: So here we are today, finishing up the foundational truths in Hebrews chapter 6. For those who don't know, that means you need to be back in your seats. (laughs) By the way, uh, we've been wanting to get this back, and so thank you so much. That was an excellent way of starting that today, of just saying hello. I do have, I know you, you guys, sometimes people pick on me for the way I think, but I have a solution for speaking to people. You want to hear it? Get here early. Just saying. Okay, all right. So, build your foundation. By the way, next week, uh, we're going to start a whole new series on Ephesians, because you're going to see how we end today, how important it is that we as people of God get in the Word of God. And so we're literally going to take a book of the Bible that we studied in the seven churches, and now we're going to apply it to the book that Paul wrote, uh, those teachings and how that works out for us in the glorious church of Jesus Christ, as revealed in the book of Ephesus. So it's going to be great fun as we start that next week, but building your foundation. This is the last, like I say, this is the wrap up. And what I want to do today is give a comparison. I got a lot to unpack trying to think how to do this. Oh, that's right. You're just going to be late for lunch. Okay. You'll be all right. Okay. So here we go. What to do, what to do. Because as we look at these basic teachings, the truth is, listen carefully now, the truth is, let him who has ears to hear hear. We should all be doing this all the time. How many of you while ago, well, okay, I'm going to do it anyway. How many of you while ago sang, I am a child of God? How many of you sang it in a minute? All All right. So let's just... Do a little test, okay? So you go to your home where you live with your family, and you walk in the door, and you say, you know what, I'm a child of God. What would they say? (laughs) Good for you. Or what if you went to work, and you walked in, and you said, I am a child of God. Are you catching the drift? Because, see, let me tell you something for me. I've shared over the years the idiosyncrasies that I have of people not doing things fast enough, or at least as I think they should. And so if I'm in Walmart, say on Saturday, which I try to avoid if I can, but if I happen to be in Walmart on a Saturday... And somebody there, maybe another customer, or maybe someone who works there, an associate, and they're not very kind to me, or they're doing something. I have to think like this. And I would like to encourage you to do the same, even though I know it's a little bit different. I have to think like this. Okay, so my response to that person, what if they show up tomorrow at service? Well, my response... Reveal to them here in Walmart or wherever I might be that I am a child of God. You guys got it. Amen. So that's what we're doing today. We're doing a, a quick comparison. I'm going to have to fly through this. I apologize, but it's going to be a lot of material to cover. But I want you to think about this as well. It's not up here, but Hebrews 12:6 and 7, we talk about being a child of God. It says, "For those for whom the Lord loves, He disciplines." And he scourges every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons or with your, as his children. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you're without discipline, of which all have become takers, partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not his sons. So let me give you a phrase. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your name is. I don't care what your pedigree is. I don't care what your social status is. Let me give you this phrase. If I can make a success out of sin, then I am not saved. Everybody got that? If I can be successful in rebelling against God and the truth of his word, and that's where we're going to this morning, that'd be our final point. If I can be successful and God not correct me, then the one thing I can know is I do not belong to him. Now, so as we think about that, as you hear that, and we have this scripture here in Hebrews that the Hebrew writer says, this is just basic stuff. Everybody, Listen to me. Everybody. It doesn't mean because you've been to school. It doesn't mean. Everybody who has the work of the Holy Spirit. And his word being applied to our lives. Which is James. Being doers of the word. Not hearers only. Therefore leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ. Let us press on to maturity. Quit being a baby. Grow up. That's what this is saying. Because not. Laying again the foundation of repentance. Was, repentance. That's when you said, I'm a child of God. That's what, I mean. that's what it means. I repented. The Spirit of God brought conviction upon my heart. And as a result of that, I was convicted of who I was outside of Christ. And that Holy Spirit work in me brought me in repentance to Him. So I'm no longer living as one who is dead, but one who is alive. And also in the faith toward God. It's that living faith. It's not just somebody else's story on a mission field somewhere. It's the living faith that God has done that incredible work, deep work in my life. For his glory, for his honor, for his praise. And he is continuing to do that as I continue to what? Grow and mature in my relationship with him. About the washing, the baptism. We had baptism last week. Is it not incredibly amazing and wonderful to watch as those folks who come to know Christ and come and profess their faith in the picture of baptism, of being buried to self and sin and Satan and raised to walk in newness of life in Christ and the Holy Spirit and the Father's love. That's God laying on of hands. There's something about, we talked about this the other week, human touch. And you've been hearing these messages. I'm just recapping real quick. Of being filled with the Holy Spirit of God, anointed by God, and touching someone's life and sharing the reality of Christ for them, whether it's healing or whatever it might be. And the resurrection of the dead, because we know we have life. Jesus was the first to be raised from the dead. We have life. We have life in him. And eternal judgment. Again, think about it. I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter. God is no respecter of persons in this sense. We will all give an account for how our life has been lived. Those who are inside Christ, the judgment seat of Christ. Those who are outside of Christ, great white throne. That's how this works. We can, we can play at it, and we've done that so long, and you'll see more of that as we move through different Scripture this morning. And that it, God says, grow up. So I'm saying to us today, let's grow up. And if we are not growing, then we want to do so. So now as we move into this next portion of Scripture in James, and um, I said James, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy, and we talked about this several times because... Paul is writing to Timothy, he says, Timothy, as you get to the end of the age, or to these last days, as it is in the Greek, you're going to see these things. See, now, I'm not an eschatologist. I read the things of end times, but that's not my forte. But here's something, as we look at these characteristics revealed in humanity today, we have to be willing to say, we're close to what God is talking about when he says this is the end of all that's going on. But realize this. That in the last days. Difficult. Another translation says perilous times will come. For men will what? Men will be lovers of themselves. You know what that scripture means there? I've, I've done it for you before. But I'll do it again. This translation in the original language means, listen carefully, they are self-kissers. We're living in a day and a time where people are self-kissers. They love themselves so much. But that's who they think about. It's me, 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 me. They have misdirected love. The scripture is very clear. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and then love others as you love yourself in accordance with what that love really is. Lovers of money. See, it's it's material possessions. How much can I have? How much does it really take? And why so many people are so messed up with credit now? It is horrible. We are. We've done some in the past. We're going to do more in the future to help people understand. There are biblical principles for finances that we need to implement in our lives. A lot of our unrest and lack of peace is because we have really made terrible, terrible decisions in the area of finances. And I'm telling you, the Bible—in fact, let me give you an assignment. I'll, re, I'll review it later. Start reading the chapter in Proverbs of the coinciding date. So what's today's date? 22nd. Okay. Good thing we had watches and phones. We'd have been in trouble. (laughs) So today, read Proverbs 22. And tomorrow, read Proverbs 23. And do that for a month. And when you do it for a month, do it again. I couldn't tell you how many years I've read the chapter of Proverbs There is so much wisdom. This morning, I just took some time because I I was going to share that with you. And I just listened carefully to about five or six chapters of Proverbs. And mine was recorded. I mean, a Bible app. and Do the same. But I'm saying, it was amazing. I thought, man, as many times as I've read that, how it just ministered grace upon grace in my heart. So these are the things we're seeing in our world, and we're seeing it today. So they're lovers of themselves, lovers of money. They're boastful. They stretch the truth. In fact, God, I can't even go down that road. We live in a day now of fact-checkers who apparently have no clue what facts might be. I mean, really? Really? Um, sorry, I'm, I'm not wanting to go down that rabbit hole. To the place that, do we even know where we can hear truth from, is the question. And that's why, when you listen to me or anybody else who speaks in this church, you make sure you check out what we say. Now, it is our goal, believe me, and our we want to stay in accordance with this, but you make sure you check it out. You do not take somebody else's word for that. We have to make sure we we know the truth. They're arrogant, proud, intellectually snooty. They just kind of think they're above everybody else. And what happens with this, unfortunately, is when you move in this direction, then you become less and less accountable to other people. And you think, You're all it. Now, again, this is Paul writing to Timothy almost 2,000 years ago, projecting and saying, this is what you're going to see happen as time goes on. And here we are. Revilers. Blasphemers. This one's kind of interesting for me. Rough and crude speech because the scripture says that out of the mouth come the issues of heart. I got to tell you, I'm having a little problem in our world today, in our Christian world, because I hear more and more Christians where their language to me is a little crude. I'm just saying. This is crude. And and it's not always profanity. It's slang. We just kind of accept these terms and reuse the terms and. And you can say, some might, might of you that don't know me might say, well, you know, you, you know, pastor, you know, you've been a pastor, and you do you know, goody-two-shoes and all that. Listen, I was a drunken, cursing sailor. I mean, come on. I know that side of it. And here's what I do know. When Jesus Christ came into my life, there were some things that he dealt with. I'm talking about instantaneously. He did not let me off for nothing, and I'm so grateful that he did. But one of the areas was that I was so good at profanity that I actually bragged that I could outcurse all the guys on the ship. Now, that's not a good brag in case you know. So if your kid's sitting here saying, I want to be like the pastor. Don't I? <laughs> because the next day, on March the 29th, when I got up and went to work on the ship that morning it didn't take but about five minutes those words started coming out you know what the great difference was for me at that moment moment? the Holy Spirit convicted me they were wrong now I had been told they were wrong my parents had told me they were wrong other people told me they were wrong but this was a new day the Holy Spirit of God convicted me of this language that I was using was wrong. And for the first time in my life, I actually had to stop and confess and repent that my language was not pleasing to God. Well, 15 minutes later, guess what? Here we go again. And guess what I had to do? confess and repent that went on for a couple three weeks it got father and father and now for a word of profanity see this is god this ain't steve bragging on steve this is god and what god does so when i hear other christians using this kind of language i'm thinking okay i get you're you're still growing us i get you're still needing to grow up but come on let's pay attention to what this really is Disobedient to parents. Now, here's an interesting thing that if you take the, the original language and talk about this, you know what it means? It means that parents no longer have authority over their children for two reasons. One is kids are taught they don't have to submit to their parents. And two is other agencies and entities are taking control of, of their kids. Look around. Look around ungrateful I mentioned earlier how much do we have to have we are so ungrateful we see we've moved into this entitlement thing now where you know it's owed me okay I'm gonna get in trouble here and I don't mind because this one's a pet peeve for me some of you folks think you're gonna get off paying your college debt I'm praying to God you don't I worked 10 years after college to get my college paid off you do the same. I don't want you picked a college, you pay for it. But see, that's ungratefulness. You're saying, Well, you're a little harsh. You want to go to school? Pay your way. I'm okay with that. I'm not harsh. I think I'm reasonable. Unholy. Well, that's where it gets to a place of. Let me back up to ungratefulness. God, by the way, you know what ungratefulness usually plays into so well? Socialism. Because it, it's you know it, if it's just equal for everybody, no that's have you read the Bible? That's not what it says. You know, we we just kind of spread out. No, should we take care of people? Yes, should we be benevolent? Yes, we should. But that is not what that word of God says. You know what it says? And thus it says, if you don't work, you don't eat. Boy, some old mean God up there. You don't work, you don't eat. Now I understand there's disability and things. I, I'm that's not what I'm talking. About. I'm talking about the fact that you're just so doggone lazy, you don't work. When my kids were in high school, they had a grass cutting business. We had three prices for grass cutting. One was the regular grass cutting based on an hour or what it took to do that yard. Two was the widow price. We knew that she couldn't afford what everybody else could, so she didn't have to pay the full price. Three was the lazy guy laying on the couch price. And you think we didn't have them? We did. Now we're unholy, disrespecting anything and everything that's sacred. I mean, how long ago was it that we started tearing down the Ten Commandments that were placed in a government building? And we haven't stopped since. Unloving. Without natural affection. Lack of love in a family as it should be. Husband to wife and parent to child and child to parent. Are we seeing that today? Irreconcilable. Truce breakers. Covenant breakers. It's called divorce. I, okay, I, I understand that there's difficulty in marriage. I get it. But I want to tell you right now, I praise God, praise God for this church family and how many long-term marriages we have. I'm telling you, if you're here and and you're a, a young person and you're struggling in your marriage, look around you. Some of us have gray hair and some of us don't have hair, but that's a whole nother thing. But the point is, Believe it or not, there's some wisdom in those lives and those marriages where people are going through the rough spots, doing the tough thing. But see, it's the idea of it's not lasting. We just break a covenant. There's no um, recompense. Jim Simula, one of my favorite speakers and writers, and by the way, he's still alive. I know that's amazing, but he is. He, he made this statement when he, we talk about divorce among Christians. He goes, if I was an unbeliever and I saw Christians not getting along and divorcing, I would have to say to them, is your Jesus not enough for your marriage? He just knows how to cut. I mean, he's a Yankee, so he just cuts right to the bone. <laughs> Malicious gossips. False accusers. How many of you ever read, heard of, or read Matthew 18? Ooh. Oh, we're going to have to read that sometime. Or maybe you could just read it. Because it says that when there's a conflict among believers, they're supposed to resolve them based on Matthew 18. In other words, when Billy Roberts, who's my neighbor, and I have a disagreement I don't go see Buddy West. Hey, Buddy. You know what Billy did? You know what Billy said? No, I go to Billy. That's what this is supposed to be. And then I go to Billy. And for those who don't know Billy, he's a little cantankerous anyway. (laughs) You see why I picked him, right? And he doesn't. Listen to anything I'm saying to him. He's not all about making peace. So that's when I go get Buddy. And bring him with me. To sit down and talk to Billy. As brothers in Christ. To work things out. Because that's what it's supposed to be. Because here's the thing about that. When you read the original language. Where it says false accusers. It says. Listen to this now. Behind the words is. That. That. The devil is in the midst. We've opened the door. And we want to make sure we shut those doors. Without self-control. Our appetites. Credit. Government. People who have power and want to. Use that power incorrectly. That's what that's talking about. Again, look around you. But here's the thing I want you to do very carefully, very prayerfully as you do that. Because Paul is writing to Timothy about the conditions of the world. But the problem is the conditions of the world have now made their way into the church. And that's on us. And there has to be a loving way for him, the Holy Spirit of God, to work in our lives so we can... He can shine the light on and then we deal with it as we should with true confession and repentance. It says they're brutal. They're fierce. They're savage. They're violent. You know, they're out in the street protesting everything. Really? Haters of good, despisers of what is good and loss of love for what is decent and good. And here's the kicker. So that the laws began to change to benefit the criminal. This is happening in our world today. Treacherous, disrespectful, to the point of violence, to the point of deception, reckless. Making decisions by considering the consequences. How many of you have bought something and you really didn't pray about it? Remember, we're here to steward all that God has given to us. And yes, those new things are shiny. And there's nothing wrong with new things. I'm not saying there is. But we need to make sure that we're doing what God wants us to do. I tell you, years ago, one of our leaders came to me and I thought, this was a an interesting thing for him to do. He said, Steve, he said, I have advanced in my company and I'm making really, really good money. And I want to buy a luxury car. Is that wrong? I said, well, let's pray and ask God what He wants you to do. Because it up to me we prayed together and this is interesting you know most people don't do this we prayed together and he felt a freedom to buy him a luxury car which he drove for it wasn't new but it was a nice car he drove for several years and then he sold it and never bought another luxury car again but we need to approach things like that God what do you want for us just because we have the money to do it doesn't necessarily mean that's the will of God for it to be done It may be that God has something else planned for that money. And we want to be uh, obedient to that. But people are reckless in their decisions. Conceited. All puffed up. Who I am. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is 1 Corinthians 15.10. I am what I am by the grace of God. And I do what I do by the grace of God. And his grace did not prove vain. Now, for me, that's kind of easy. Because I grew up on a pig farm in Ohio. I mean, come on. You know, slopping hogs. So anything that is in my life, I guess other than slopping hogs, I know God did it. And I'm grateful, grateful, grateful that he did. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Living for the fun and not for the purpose. Living for pleasure and not for purpose. Now, does that mean you should never have fun or never have pleasure? It is not. But when you're fulfilling the purpose that God has created you for, you will be amazed at how your pleasure is living for the weekend or the next event. It's just, what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next? I mean, really? Come on. Again, I love vacation. I like to travel. And we do that when we can. I'm not opposed to that. That's not my point. But I don't sit around all the time. Oh, what can I do this weekend? You know, what that I didn't do last weekend? What can I do next weekend? What can I do the next weekend? I was telling somebody this morning, I'm really busy the rest of actually the next two or three weeks. It's all ministry-related, related in different ways, which I'm so grateful for. But I'm still very busy doing that, but I'm having a ball doing it. I get to go to a college graduation where I'm one of the professors. I get to go to a wedding where I'm officiating. I get to go to a conference with my wife and enjoy teaching of other people in those next couple of weeks. I can tell you guys are getting hungry, so I'm going to finish real quick. Holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied his power. Show up on Sunday, stand up when you're told to, sit down when you're told to. Jump through some religious hoops, but the question that I asked at the very beginning that you sang. Just a few minutes ago, I am a child of God. Are you a child of God? If you are that child of God, then my question is, are you living as that child of God? And I don't mean just here for a few minutes on Sunday morning, but I'm talking about at home with your family and at work with your coworkers and where you do commerce. Another way of saying it would be this. Based on our outlook, our words, and our actions, How many of us would be convicted of being a Christian if we were put on trial? (laughs) By the way, Paul says to Timothy, avoid these folks. So I'm out of time. I'm going to finish it with this. In Timothy, we have the so what and the now what. The answer to what we're talking about, all scripture is inspired by God. It is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. That's us. Here's the basic truth of who we are in Christ that we talked about in Hebrews. Here's what Paul says to Timothy will be what you see in the world, which we are now seeing in our day in these last days. And we are the ones who take the word of God because we are doers of the word of God and not hearers only and applying it to our lives so that wherever we go, we are the ones who help this world. Yes, the world is dying. It is. There's no question. But we're the ones that help those who are in the process of dying so that some of them can come to know life and that life will be eternally. Would you stand? Father, thank you for this day, your day. We celebrate how faithful you are to us. And thank you, God, that as your kids, you spank us when we need it. You love us as we should be loved. You teach us as we need to be taught. And we leave this building today, Lord, as your witnesses and your testimony and your ambassadors for your kingdom in this world that we know is going away. But we are eternal in our relationship with you. And we want to share that with others, wherever we might be in Jesus name and whatever we're involved in, let it be truly as a child of God in Jesus name. Amen.